You are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly, and you're listening to the Think Funny Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hello. And last week, we focused on memes, and we just didn't quite get enough. And so uh, what we decided, Nate had the great idea to challenge uh, each of us to come up with memes and post them and see who ended up with the most responses. And so this last week, we all kind of went on a creative journey into uh, creating memes. So Nate, what was your most uh, upvoted and most viewed? From my count this morning, it looks like I had about 40 on the... uh the Manafort one, the so for people who didn't see it, which is everyone except the three of us, <laughs> it was a, a three frame meme. The first one is a picture of a snow fort, and then the second one is a picture of like a pillow fort with blankets and pillows that kids would make, and the third one is a prison cell, and that one just said Manafort. <laughs> just kind of pandering to the crowd, yeah, just kind of pandering to the crowd and hoping to get some eyeballs and that got about 40 that's better than any of my top ones i can tell you that my top one was again pandering where it was a just a lonely bear sitting at a picnic table by himself and i typed scrolling past this meme with no upvotes i barely noticed that is the dumbest thing ever and it got 31 upvotes on IMG Flip and 1,170 views as of right now. So wow. when you created that one, was your thought process, what do I think is funny or what will people vote? What will people vote? And that's yeah. something that we can talk about with Matt. Matt, what was your most popular one before we get going? It was another Manafort one I did. It was a surprise koala that said, um, and I, I said at the top, um, uh, uh I forget. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> That's a meme. That's the nature of a meme. <laughs> Nate, you did one on, uh, it actually hit the news, some news stories that um, the whole college admission scam thing was getting a lot of meme traction. So there were news stories about the memes on that. And you had one on that that was kind of popular, Nate. What was yours? That one had uh, the lovely and talented Lori Laughlin, star of Rad, of Rad, uh, the, the, st- movie the Rad. star of Rad. Oh, was she that her the show? For my wow. money, oh, okay. and also in that show Full House that nobody watched. Um, <laughs> and it just said, uh, "My lawyer has a prepared statement." And then Uncle Jesse is in the frame below, and he says. Have mercy. <laughs> I think that's going to be a new soundbite. Yeah. Have mercy. And again, just pan- you know, I'm just pandering to see what'll get views, but I, I don't know. It's okay. The whole process of making a meme was interesting because it's different than writing a joke. And there's factors that are just inherently make it different than writing just a natural joke or a bit. There's a few things that are totally different. And one is that... Uh, you you start with a picture typically, 
And I find that limiting. One of the guys that gave me a, a endorsement for one of my books is Matt Diffie. He's a New Yorker cartoonist, and he was given a TED Talk on the process of creating a New Yorker cartoon. And he said, you don't start with the picture. You always start with the concept. And then you draw the picture to fit the concept because the concept is the whole ball of wax. It's the key to a joke. Right. And I wonder if the picture itself, starting with that, uh, limits the creative process. Yeah, that's interesting, Aaron, because I, I am a newbie in terms of creating memes and, and GIFs or GIFs. But so I use just established pictures that were already there. So I was in that mindset, like you said, to try to match something to the picture, which was difficult. Yeah. And then there's also the whole element of immediate gratification and the pressure not even just the pressure, but almost the, the small addiction to posting a meme and trying to get a response. And so it's, a, it's that dopamine rush that everyone goes for. With, it's, it's an inherent part of social media is to try and get approval immediately. And if that is subconscious, even subconsciously in the back of your mind, I think that probably dampens uh, or rushes the creative process as well, knowing that, hey, I can get immediate upvotes and likes and views on something and it could catch on like you see some of these memes do that have, you know, tens of thousands of upvotes that I think that distorts the process a little bit too. I don't know what you guys think about that. Were any of you guys like me where I would, like I posted mine on nine gag and I would see that like I had a comment or a upvote and I was just praying that it wasn't a negative comment. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. so, I'm so averse to criticism that I didn't care if it was positive. I just didn't want it to be negative. Yeah, I got some negative ones, and it it bothered me at first. Uh, but then, I think you become maybe detached if you create a lot of them. Which ones were you both most proud of that you made? Uh, neither. <laughs> neither. <laughs> I mean, I made uh, I only made four of them, and I I'm just getting used to it. I, I don't think I'm a meme guy. I just don't. Uh, I don't think that's my uh, my calling here. I like the ones that I know are not going to be funny to anyone really like like i made that one i just sent you guys and it was there's the superimposed face of this guy with this mustache and he looks like a murderer or serial killer or something his family's right he there he looks like kip from napoleon dynamite yeah, yeah yeah and i just wrote smoking hot wife adoring kids dude must be one kick-ass ham radio operator <laughs> and that made me laugh um internally but i know probably won't get any traction did you post the Indiana Jones uh, punching the Nazi one? That was my favorite that I saw. I just because it's so obscure. It, that's what made me laugh about it. It's because I knew what you were reaching for. Yeah. So it was Indiana Jones like had his fist and he had a Nazi on the ground. He's ready to punch him, and I just wrote and and this this one's for destroying the legacy of Fanta, and uh, I liked that one. That one I felt good about. Um, I actually kind of felt good about ones that weren't really jokes, but were uh, more commentary, like social commentary. And so I did one about Trump that, that said, Trump liter literally embodies every quality of Jesus's enemies while on earth. But hey, conservative voters, that's none of my business. And that was the Kermit the Frog sipping tea. That actually got four, three up votes. So the Michael Jackson one is the one of him eating popcorn in the Thriller movie. Uh, and it says, watching people defend Michael Jackson because they have fond memories of contributing to the fame that allowed him to get away with horrible things. Ooh. Yeah, so yeah. I, I felt proud about that. I felt like, okay, there's, there's another one that was a kid at a football field, and, and the friends are picking him off the ground. Coach tells you to shake it off. Fortunately, tremors are a side effect of CTE. Yes, that's good. Think funny. 
think think funny. I like humor that's more like Jack Handy stuff on Saturday Night Live was not topical at all, and so it can survive, and you can watch it at any time, and it's funny. That's true. Like the my favorite, and I think probably yours, Nate uh, Conan skit was when he went to Cooperstown and played in the old-timey baseball game. Yes. And then someone threw a pitch at him, and he was hitting, and he was like, you would have to dig to Hades itself to get that ball. You know, stuff like that is, like, always funny. You could put it in any time period, and it's funny. When Conan left The Late Show, I was going to go whatever, I would find whatever channel, no matter how deep on the dial. You know, I was sitting uh, right next to him, when he, he tweeted out that he was going to be on uh, TBS because he he launched this tour after he got kicked off late night because he couldn't do a TV show because of contractual obligations. And so he launched this uh, tour, of con- almost like a concert or stand-up tour or something. Anyway, his first show was in Eugene. And so uh, I'd heard that he was down at the Hilton. I went down there and him and his whole crew were alone in the restaurant having breakfast. And so I like very casually like slided in close as close to them as possible. <laughs> and uh, they were talking about, all right, guys, here's the, here's the tweet. Are you guys are ready to send it. Are we all ready to send it? You know, and they sent it right there just about what he was going to do. Wow. Yeah. I stopped, I caught him on the way out. I said, Hey, I, you know, I just think you're really great. Thanks for coming. And he was so nice. He stopped. He looked him in the eyes. He was like, well, thank you so much. I really, you know, it's a great town. We're really glad to be here and I really appreciate you, you know, you guys coming out and such a nice guy that really took time for me. It was interesting. That really beats my uh, restaurant story of uh, going to the bathroom and peeing next to John Mellencamp. Yeah. <laughs> but then you had to take a peek. You'd be a fool not to. <laughs> You'd be a fool not to. Who wouldn't? You get a peek at John Cougar Mellencamp's penis, you take it. No questions asked. That, that's way better than my uh, uh, being in the same bathroom as Eddie Money story. <laughs> And like (laughs) the next day I thought of, I should have said, uh, as he's leaving the the men's room say, make sure there's some shaking after you leave that urinal. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the mall in Beverly Hills one time and you know, Usher, he was dating Chili from, uh, TLC at the time Uh and she was in a store and they were both there and I walked up to her and I said, you smell like chili. And, uh, <laughs> she like looked at me and like kind of smiled and walked away. I almost feel like you can tell when, when the end is near for a trend or something, when it becomes so uh, incestuously self-referential and memes are definitely there. So my most popular meme was about not getting upvotes. Um, it wasn't just a funny idea. It was about that process. It was people on there because of that. Um, I did another one. My most popular one on 9gag was um, Jean-Luc Picard, the meme of him, you know, saying, what, you know, it's always what WTF, and then you say something. But I just, I noticed that Worf was standing in the background. So I had him say, thanks to all of you, Worf is now staring at my ass for all eternity. And that got, you know, my second most, 16, I guess, upvotes. I did get my first comment that I really loved on it, though, and I just commented back just now and said, well said. The guy said, it's like you took the first meme that came to your mind and used it. This meme always starts with, why the F, followed by something that annoys you. Stop ruining good memes, you shitheads. (laughs) (laughs) And so I commented back, well said. (laughs) Because he's exactly right. That's exactly what I did.
I started with what what do I think is funny? I'm going to make a couple memes and they're going to be ones that I think is funny. And mm -hmm. then after one meme that turned into what are people going to vote for the most? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting, even coming from a guy like you, Nate, who ha is really thoughtful about trying to be funny for the right reasons. Even you quickly fall into that rabbit hole because of the nature of the structure of this format. There's something satisfying about seeing 40 upvotes or whatever, as opposed to seven, like the yeah. skillet one, which I was kind of proud of at like six or seven. And that Lori Laughlin one I made in like two seconds got 40. Right. So it was the Brandon, Iowa largest frying pan that we had spoken about before. And there's a picture of it. What, what was it, Nate? Uh, it said... I wonder how much skillet took to make this. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so I was actually going to go post that on Brandon Iowa's Facebook page. I don't know. I got interrupted or something. But the thing that caught my eye about the Facebook page is there's 250 people in the population of Brandon, and there's exactly 250 likes on that page. Wow. <laughs> Which I just thought was fascinating. They're going to have 251 here in a few minutes. <laughs> so like last week, Nate, like you had talked about what makes things really funny for you is the concept of mining and can digging deeper than the surface and i found that it's this is like a lesson in life it, it's a very common lesson is that the mo what you put into something is what you get out of something and so the if i put more effort and i enjoyed and felt more good good about the meme that i made the more satisfaction i got out of getting some kind of reaction. Whereas if I just threw out a meme that I thought would get an upvote, and even if I got a lot of upvotes, I didn't get the, the reward because I didn't put enough into it myself to get that reward. So are you guys going to continue to make memes, do you think? I don't think so. I just, uh, it's not my thing. Um, I, and maybe it's because I'm totally off social media. And uh, I actually, I live in a hole and I have a burner phone. <laughs> So, Matt, you live a minimalist. You would naturally, if you didn't have a wife and daughter, your your natural state is a minimalist state. Oh, absolutely. So, Nate, I went into Matt's apartment one time. He had just gotten a new apartment, and this was, it wasn't brand new. He was there for a couple months already, I think. And you walk in, there's a cot. Not even a bed. A, an army cot. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it. I don't think there was another item in the house. Maybe where did a suitcase. You get a, where did you get a cot, Matt? <laughs> my uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, had a cot, and she gave it to me. <laughs> okay. I don't think I've ever seen a cot that's uh, that the average uh, person has. You would think with the <laughs> proliferation of mattress stores that you could just go find a mattress anywhere. <laughs> it's actually harder to find a cot. It is harder to find a cot. Yeah, and people say, oh, yeah, he's just got a cot. No, no, he just had a cot. I had a camping table. Oh, did you have a camping table? <laughs> yeah. I was camping out indoors. I'm just picturing Matt with a burner phone. Anytime I hear somebody's got, like, a track phone, I only picture track phones when somebody's, like, slowly walking away from, like, a boat, and then it explodes behind them, <laughs> and then they throw the track phone. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in to another week of Think Funny uh, and Memes Part Deux. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. Check out the Facebook page and AaronDonnelly.com where you can see all the memes uh, that we came up with this week. And uh, until next week, we will see you guys uh, later. Have mercy.